Welcome to the Compliance Perspectives Podcast. I'm Adam Turtletow from the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics and Healthcare Compliance Association. Joining us today is Ann Daly, who's Vice President of Compliance for Samaritan Health System, Judy Ringholtz, who's Vice President of Compliance and Ethics and Chief Compliance Officer for Jackson Health Systems and a member of the SCC and HCCA Board, and Steve Orquist, founder and principal of Arete Compliance Solutions. They'll be speaking at the 2022 HCCA Compliance Institute on the topic, how to ensure your next compliance program review confirms performance and helps improve your compliance program. Uh, Anne, Judy, Steve, thanks for taking the time to talk to us today and being part of the program in Phoenix. Thank you for having us, Adam. Glad to have all three of you. Uh, let's dive in uh, and start with you, Judy. First, when is the right time to stop and do a comprehensive program review? Is it based on an inflection point in your program or something you should just do every few years? Well, if you're if you're entering an organization as a new compliance officer for that program, I would wait, and, and I did, in fact, wait until I was able to take a look at the program myself, try to wrap my arms around you know, what elements we were covering and how effectively and what we were not. And then I brought, the first time I had our program evaluated was about two years after I had gotten there, um, you know, put put the things in place that I knew absolutely had to be in place that were not, which weren't many, I might add, um, and, then, and then brought someone in to do a comprehensive review and help us tweak the program where it needed enhancing. Of course, you do have to do a periodic review as well because First of all, because that's what the government expects of us, right? And because it's good for the organization to make sure that, you know, your program is continuing to evolve and address all of the elements it needs to be addressing. If I could chime in, um, you know, I think part of the answer to this question is not so much a when response, but uh, it really requires you to ask why you're doing a review. So, and I think there are a lot of good reasons to do a review. One is, as Judy suggested, to periodically check in and make sure the program is doing what it needs to do. But, um, you know, your your board um, actually can rely on experts in meeting its fiduciary duty. And so another good reason to do a review is that if you have an expert come in and evaluate the program and presumably conclude that you're doing what you need to do or, you know, maybe give you some pointers on how to um, make the program better, uh, your board actually can rely then on the advice um, um, and on the conclusions of that expert reviewer in meeting their fiduciary obligations. So another good reason to do a review. And I, I know there may be others as well. So really the one question in my mind is is answered in part by really thinking about why, um, why you're conducting a review. I, I think I would add it can also be helpful when you're in a, a growth area, growth process, and you need to reallocate or um, pursue additional resources. It's sometimes e- it's it's easier to show the decision makers why you're asking for this when they can see the overarching picture of the program. So, Anne, what criteria do you consider when selecting the consultant who will perform the review? That's a really good question, and I would say first, there hit, when when we're going to have someone review a healthcare setting, that person needs to have some background in healthcare. Um, that may seem elementary, but there are people who can offer reviews who may not have the breadth and depth of background in healthcare to understand our unique working environment. 
Um, they also have to have a solid understanding of the current expectations of both the organization, which we can provide as compliance professionals, but also of the government on these sorts of reviews and their frequency and their depth, et cetera. Um, it's helpful for them to have had a history, I would say essential for them to have had a history of interactions with enforcement agencies, whether through um, their own work in the past as a, a compliance professional or through working with counsel on those sorts of matters. Um, having worked with the government or other enforcement arms before can help to spot, issue spot and to, to help shore up what needs to be in place in a good compliance program. And I think it's crucial not to underestimate the need for that person to have an understanding of the fiduciary duties of healthcare boards that Steve mentioned in his answer to the prior question um, in the manner in which those reviews support how the board can exercise those fiduciary duties to oversee the compliance program. I would add that when I'm evaluating consultants to determine who will be doing the evaluation, I want to make sure that I perceive the, the consultant to be reasonable, right? I mean, they need to have all of the expertise and the knowledge that Ann spoke about, um, but I just, I, I don't expect them to change their report based on, you know, my requesting them, that's requesting that they do, but I need to make sure that they have a certain element of reasonableness when they're determining the degree of effectiveness of our program. Yeah, and that's certainly what you want is somebody who really understands both what is required and also what is practical. Now, Steve, can you describe the review process from both the compliance officers and the reviewers' perspectives? Yeah, so I'll take that question from the, the uh, reviewer perspective and then ask uh, Ann and Judy to chime in on the compliance officer perspective. Um, so, so from the reviewer perspective, there are actually some things that we bake into our engagement letters for compliance program reviews as part of the process. Um, so our review process essentially is that we'll, we'll request documents, do, do a, an offsite evaluation of documents, um, and then, you know, pre-COVID, we would then go on-site and conduct a group of interviews. These days, we're doing those obviously remotely, but that's working fine. Um, and then we would, uh, we'd also do some surveying of employees in some cases, some testing of uh, particular processes like, um, like the uh, the audit process or an investigation process. Um, but we then consolidate all of that information and, and turn it into observations, uh, a report and recommendations. Um, and, and so from our perspective, what we bake into the engagement letter is that we we want to see um, the organization assign somebody responsibility for managing the process internally, a point person that we can uh, work with to, to assure that that process goes smoothly. Obviously, when you're scheduling interviews with, uh, with a group of folks in an organization, it really helps to have somebody internal to the organization kind of take charge of that, for instance, and, and make sure that that goes smoothly. Um, the document production that we ask for can be pretty extensive and so having somebody internally that can manage that um, process is something that's important to us and then we include in our process as well um, an understanding that when we get that report put together uh, we do it in draft initially and we review it with the compliance officer because we want to assure that we've understood um, 
what's happening in the organization and that we haven't misinterpreted something. So, so from our standpoint, that's, that's kind of what the process looks like. From a compliance officer's perspective, initially, even before the review begins, I want to meet with the board and the senior leaders and make sure they understand, again, the, uh, the government's expectation that our program, in fact, be reviewed by an outside third-party entity who can, that can be objective um, and what, you know, what the government's expectations are in terms of how to determine whether or not a program is effective and the reason why this, this consultant is coming in to take a thorough look at our program. And again, to, to Ann and Steve's earlier point, their fiduciary duty in making sure that we have effect, an effective program and the fact that the government considers them, the board, and the senior leaders to be ultimately responsible for making sure we have an effective program and how this consultant is going to help them achieve that goal. And then it's really a matter of responding to the requests from the, from the consultant, you know, the documents, the, the interviews, scheduling the interviews. I want to make sure that they're interviewing the people who have an, who should have an ownership in this program. They need to be interviewing board members, particularly the chair of the audit and or audit and compliance committee, um, the chairman of the board, the senior most executives in the organization, and then a smattering of other operators who, um, you know, who can give them an idea to answer the questions they'll be asking to determine whether or not we have an effective program. Then reviewing the draft report, as Steve said, with the consultant to make sure that they've understood where they've found weaknesses, for lack of a better word, or opportunities for improvement, for a better word, <laughs> that they've understood what, in fact, we have in place and how it's working in case, you know, they might have missed something during the interview process and the document review. And then helping to schedule them to present their findings to the board so the board can understand, you know, what, what their evaluation has found. And I would add as a final note that I would very care, I very carefully design a, a process for communicating to all of the leaders of the organization what's happening, um, how it affects them, what role we ask them to take in it, and how it, I like to, to uh, analogize this as sort of a, um, a preventive strategy that's there to assist them. We're, we're part of their immune system. We're not a police force. That's my, um, how I, I describe it. Um, so that there's a, there's, because this can be a scary process. Well, and it's certainly come across clearly that this isn't just a compliance exercise. It's a general management board level leadership exercise as well. So Judy, once the uh, assessment is complete, how can you best put the findings to use? Well, again, Adam, I would schedule time for the consultant to actually meet with the board you know, if they're um, including one slide in the compliance officer's report and says we've had our program evaluated and this is what the consultant found, that's not going to be an effective use of the of the time and the dollars that were spent in that evaluation process. We need to be able to have the consultant come in at a board meeting, meet directly with the board members, explain their, their evaluation process, um, valuing their time, of course, right, making it as succinct as possible, but helping them know everything they need to know about what was evaluated and what was found and, you know, where our, where our strengths are and where we have opportunities for enhancement or improvement. And then, you know, if we know as compliance officers, which we likely will, 
um, that, for example, there's an area where we need additional resources in order for our program to be as effective as it needs to be, that will likely be included in the report. And then we can use that to, you know, to, to help us get to where we need to be. And, and we can use that report actually as a springboard to the work plan that we fashion in response to it. You know, the report can come in the same, some, you know, in my case, it comes in the seven, seven elements, and I actually run a program, of course, you know, in that same sort of organizational structure. And so it just feeds right into the work plan so that it, it actually um, is a very positive input to the entire compliance team in addition to leadership. So I think um, it, it's important, as, as you mentioned earlier, Adam, this is really a, a board and management exercise. And I think it's important to have an understanding of what's happening these days um, with the board's fiduciary obligations and, and really the need to make the review that the board does of this report a substantive review. I, I'd suggest even giving them the report and having them read it. I would I, I would agree with what's been said about having um, your reviewer actually meet with the board and discuss what they saw. Um, I think it's important for the compliance officer to come to that meeting with a work plan that outlines how the organization is going to address whatever the recommendations were made. And important that you know all of that is documented well in, in minutes of that board uh, meeting so that, um, again, if the board at some point needs to show that they were exercising their fiduciary duties, they can do it. There, there have been some developments, even in recent um, months, um, following the Caremark, Caremark decisions, where, you know, they're really ill for us the need to do a really good job of making um, that process a substantive one. And, and I agree with you, you've got to, you've got to, be aware of the board members' time and be sensitive to that, but but there really is a substantive job that needs to be done and documented um, when it comes and to, to your early, board level. I'm sorry, Steve. To your earlier question, Adam, about what to look for when you're, you know, assessing who will be doing that program evaluation, to do your best to make sure that the consultant you select is going to be able to explain that succinctly to the board and help them understand what their fiduciary duty is. Well, and you certainly want someone who can be succinct and not just throw in the kitchen sink. Well, Anne, Judy, Steve, thank you for sharing these insights with us. I look forward to having you join us March 28th through 31st in Phoenix for the Compliance Institute and hope all of you listening will be able to join as well. I also wanna thank all of you for your time. I'm Adam Turtletaub from SCCE and HCCA. I hope we're able to expand your compliance perspective.